If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Vox Onyx will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonyx.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonyx.com to get started now. This is Not Straight Cast with Jason Bailey and Joe Crynock. Welcome to Not Straight Cast, number 13 for May 27th, 2021. We're the show that gives you the news and views from a not straight perspective. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. How's it going this week, Joe? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you? Not too bad. I'm getting excited. I got uh, got some coffee. It's hot out. Uh, I got my air conditioner on. I hope that nobody can hear it in the background. But, I mean, it's beautiful outside. Well, if they do hear it in the background, that's because I didn't edit this well. <laughs> I have, like, this denoise filter. Oh, nice. I deal with the same thing at my place, too. Yeah. So Nice. Nonetheless, yeah, it took you a long time to get that coffee, huh? Yeah, so we normally start recording around 3.30 in the afternoon. So around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I ordered a coffee on the Starbucks app. And Starbucks is only a few blocks from my place. So I ordered it at 3.06, which is plenty enough time to go pick up the coffee and be back before 3.30. You would think so, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I show up about 15 minutes after I ordered the coffee, uh, which is, you know, that's late to me because a coffee usually takes two, three minutes to make. And now in my mind, it's sitting there getting lukewarm, you know. Or cold, depending on what kind of coffee, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so I get there and it's still not done yet. It wasn't done until about, uh, well, I I remember it was like 25 after I messaged you. I was like, I'm still waiting for my coffee. I'm going to be late. (laughs) You know? Well, you know what? I was just jumping into the shower at that point because I work overnights. So this is Uh, my morning to me. So. Oh, nice. You like to be nice and fresh and clean for this show. Well, let me tell you, I did not shower for this show. So are you going to be stinky during the show then, huh? Yes. I'm going to smell you. Yep. Probably. Oh boy. Probably. I'm sorry in advance folks. (laughs) Hopefully me being clean and Jason being dirty. We'll cancel each other out and we'll just be, you know, midday stench. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So we've got, uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up now that it's nice and warm. uh, And uh, we, we want to go out and and get some things done. Uh, I think that we're going to take next week off, right? That is correct. Yeah, we're going to take a break from recording next week and then come back the next week. So that means we're not actually going to be back until um, the next show would be coming out on. Um, when would it be? I don't know. I hate math, but you know what's interesting? It disappeared out of our script. Actually, I'm looking at it here because believe it or not, shockingly, this show is somewhat scripted. Somehow there it is. Okay, I found it now. That is a little <laughs> shocking. 
June 10th. It actually didn't despair the script. I didn't have my screen big enough. Oh, okay. Which is kind of amazing considering I have a 4K screen. I couldn't see it at the bottom. <laughs> normally I print out the script so I can actually read it on paper like yeah. an old school person does. And Yeah, but this time, for some reason, I couldn't actually read the bottom of the script. <laughs> it would not scroll all the way down to it. Pappy Joe and his paper. However, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, between now and would you say June 10th, uh, if you and I get bored, we could potentially squeeze out an extra cast somewhere between <laughs> here and there. Uh, I made it and, sound like 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 we were going to be constipated that week or something. You know? <laughs> squeeze out. Uh, and if not, we'll do the extra cast after we come back. But uh, but yeah, we'll be around. We're going to Joe and I are going to go camping uh, at uh, out to church camp. Uh, and church uh, camp. yeah, yeah, that's that's what my family calls it. Why so is I, it called church camp? You need to explain this story. All right. So I've got, uh, well, first off, this is an LGBTQ clothing optional camp, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got uh, uh, a gay uncle and his husband. And last year when I went to this camp, I checked in there on Facebook and made a post about it and posted some pictures of me by the pool and stuff like that. And then when I went home to see my mother for her birthday, I was catching up with my uncle and his husband. And he's like, so what all have you been doing, you know, during quarantine? And I was like, I haven't done much. The only thing that I did was go camping. He's like, oh, yes, I saw that. He's like, uh, I was hoping that uh, that your mother wasn't going to click on that Facebook page to see what that camp was. We just kept referring to it as church camp. <laughs> <laughs> so so what did you do at church? Read the Bible. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, yeah. did you have lots of fun? Yeah, we did a lot of reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, did you learn a lot? Yes, Bible. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but Read the uh, Bible a lot. <laughs> yeah. But so Joe and I are going to head out to uh to that camp. It's a really nice place. They've got a swimming pool. It's called Camp Davis in Boyers, Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh just in case any of our listeners decide they want to come camping with us. Uh but uh, they've got a swimming pool that's uh heated and it's open 24 hours a day, so you know three o'clock in the morning. If you're bored and can't sleep, go for a swim, you know, that kind of thing. It's I have a feeling a good you'll be doing that a lot and keeping us up all night <laughs> splashing around. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> it, it depends. I love going to the pool at like two, three o'clock in the morning. Cause nobody else is there. You get the whole pool to yourself. You can just hang out, you know? Yeah. Nothing like a, a night swim. Yeah. yeah. And a nice warm pool. It depends on how cold the air is, though, because if it gets down to like 50 or 60 degrees and you're in heated water, then you don't want to get out because you're freezing cold. Well, you have to eventually. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, uh, so you know what? I mean, it's like, you know, we're talking about camping and everything. Mm-hmm. And one image always comes to my mind whenever um, people talk about camping. I and I camp every year. OK. Yeah. It's one of the things I like to do. And. The one thing that always sticks in my mind is that stupid idea that somebody wanted to put a tent on a floating dock and then push it out into the middle of the lake. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine waking up, going out to take a pee in the morning and falling into the lake? <laughs> that wouldn't be very fun. Uh, it would definitely wake you up. I'll tell you that much. And then where would you end up drifting off to? You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like my luck, I drift over a waterfall or something, you know? You would definitely need to tether yourself to something. Oh, yeah. Of course, like I would tether myself to something, then just start banging up against the shoreline. Yeah, just bang up against it all night, you know. 
but if it's a relatively like calm river or something like that, that doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, rocks and, you know, uh, fast pace movement and whatnot, it would be kind of fun to like kick off in Pittsburgh, take a nap and then see what city you're in when you wake up. Have you ever actually been on the river? Uh, any of the rivers here in Pittsburgh? No. Uh, no. The, okay. Where I, where I grew up, we had the Juniata River. Well, and I would re- spend a the, lot of time on that. The reason why I mentioned that is, is that um, have you like like I want a Gateway Clipper sometime. That's Pittsburgh's like, um, you know, uh, paddle boat thing. Yeah. And smell the river, and tell me whether you'd actually want to spend time on the river. <laughs> Smells a little foul. Let's I'm, put it that way. I don't know. I'm kind of used to it. The Juniata river smelled the same way. And I spent yeah. my entire childhood in that river. So I could just, the river water just smells like home to me. Well, I think that explains a lot right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I, I, I were, I'm originally from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and we had Jack's run. And the only thing Jack's run was famous for was the uh, Chinese restaurant. The owner would go outside and uh, beat up ducks with a baseball bat and eventually got arrested for it. You did that? No, I didn't. I didn't beat up ducks with a baseball. The owner of the Chinese restaurant oh. would beat up ducks with a baseball bat and then serve them in his restaurant. Oh my god! Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not trying to make light of that. That's awful. I mean, and he thankfully yeah. got arrested for it. But um, yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> god. You beat him with a baseball bat. I'm like, no. <laughs> I thought you were bragging. Why would I brag about that? I don't know. That's why I sounded shocked. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Oh boy. Also, too, let's see what else has been going on. I was talking to my mom earlier this week, and she wants me to go cat sitting before we go camping. Yeah. So I'll go up to their house and do that for them. Um, But she was like, I was listening to your podcast, and uh, did you have a kitchen fire? I'm like, no, I don't ever remember having a kitchen fire. You sure yeah. you heard this on my podcast? It's like, yeah. And then she also mentioned something about me, like dating leather guy. And I'm like, no, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, let me think about this a little bit here about the kitchen fire thing. And then I'll call you back. So I got done doing what I was doing and um, I was out getting my haircut. I was doing a little bit of clothes shopping. I had to buy some t-shirts and, Stuff like that. Anyways, I'm in my car. I'm driving home. I give her a call back. And I'm like, now I remember what I think you're talking about. It was the bidet accident that I had there where I sprayed myself in the face with the bidet. Oh, yeah. I was like, how did you misconstrue that to turn it into a kitchen fire? Yeah. (laughs) The only kitchen thing that I remember you talking about was, didn't you say something about having to change the overhead lights in the kitchen at some point? You were having problems finding them? No, that was in the bathroom, but that was the conversation you and I had. Oh yeah. Regards are with, you know, like, like, like my, my ceiling light in my bathroom uses U-shaped fluorescent bulbs. Yeah. And fluorescent bulbs are kind of on their way out. So they're kind of becoming a little harder to find. So what I ended up actually doing was buying one LED bulb and one fluorescent bulb. So I at least would have one bulb that would work because oh, LED yeah. bulbs are kind of weird in that fluorescent lights have ballast in them. That's yeah. like what starts to light up in a fluorescent fixture. And some of those LED light bulbs, they um, don't like 
having a ballast in there, you need to actually remove the ballast, and some of them are ballast compatible, and it's like it's just uh, so goddamn confusing that it's like, you know what, I'll just buy one of each and we'll see which one works. Well, it turns out the LED bulb actually works better than the fluorescent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. So I'm having the same problem that you're having with the fluorescent bulbs. I I'm I I'm having a difficult time finding Rambus and Bod modems. Uh, to control my my cyborg clone, but those things are on their way out, and I can't get them. Your cyborg clone? Yeah. Have I gone to dinner with this clone? Uh, you may have. So let's get to the news. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> Let me find the button that says news on my pad here. I realized that my <laughs> desk that I have it on, it's like one of those little rolling desks has rolled so far away I can barely see it now. So here we go. Okay, first story today here. Um, we had talked about the Equality Act here. Yeah. Um, various points in time here. And unfortunately, it looks like this thing is dead. So the, despite having President Biden in the White House and a Democratic majority in both chambers of Congress, efforts to update federal civil rights laws to strengthen the prohibition on discrimination against LGBTQ plus people by passing the Equality Act are all but dead as opponents of the measure have contorted it beyond recognition. In fact, there's no imminent plans to hold a vote on the legislation, even though Pride Month is days away, which would be an opportune time for Congress to actually try passing a bill like this. If the Equality Act were to come up for a Senate vote in the next month, it would not have the support to pass. Continued assurances and bipartisan talks are continuing on the legislation, but they have yielded no evidence of additional support let alone the 10 Republicans needed to end the filibuster. I haven't really heard an update either way, which is usually not good, one Democratic insider said. My understanding is that our side was entrenched in a no-compromise mindset with Senator Joe Manchin saying he didn't like the bill. It doomed it this Congress. And the bowling of hundreds of trans athletes derailed our message in our arguments on why this was broadly needed. Senator Jeff Merkley, he's a Democrat from Oregon, chief sponsor of the Equality Act in the Senate, also signaled through a spokesperson that work continues on this legislation, refusing to give up on expectations of the legislation would soon become law. A spokesperson uh, for Senator Majority Leader Charles Schumer, who's promised to force a vote on the Equality Act in the Senate on the day the U.S. House approved it earlier this year, pointed to a March 25th Dear Colleague letter in which he identified the Equality Act, is one of the several bills he'd like to bring up for a vote. For transgender Americans who continue to report discrimination and violence at high rates, the absence of the Equality Act may definitely be felt. A White House spokesperson insisted Biden's team across the board remains committed to the Equality Act, pointing to his remarks in Congress. So uh, in this case, yeah, I mean, we are still struggling to get any laws passed lately, it seems like. Yeah, we're having a difficult time with these ding dong Republicans and some ding dong Democrats. I, you know, we we got the Senate, we got the White House. Well, we barely have the Senate. That's the problem. It's more right. like a fifty fifty split with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker. Sure, sure. I, uh, but relatively compared to where we were a year ago, I uh, we're in a much better place, but still can't get anything done, and it's incredibly frustrating. It is. And, you know, I have my issues with uh, Senator Joe uh, Manchin. He's what I commonly refer to as the Democrat in name only. 
Yeah. You know, because he's from, he's a Democrat, but he's from West Virginia. And he seems to side with the Republicans more on stuff than the Democrats. And so, yeah, he has a lot of power, you know, to basically derail stuff. And I think he's done it again. Congratulations, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Just switch parties, dickhead. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, this is a wonderful, uh, wonderful act. Uh, It's uh, it's not too intrusive, but the Republicans in, in the Senate keep pushing for changes and changes and changes. And now it's so like, like the article said, what, what do they say? Contorted or distorted or, you know, something like that. Absolutely. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They just come to the point now where they're trying to just derail anything that the Democrats are doing and basically make their lives as hard as possible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's not going to change. It's not going to pass anytime soon. It's not going to pass during pride month. It doesn't have the, the support. Uh, so this is something that we may as well just give up hope on for a little while because it's not going to happen right now. I can agree with you on that there. Yeah. I mean, the only time I think things are going to change is probably next midterm elections. Yeah. Either things are going to go one way or the other. And, um, I think that people are becoming a little more woke now. I hope that things change for the positive in the Senate because they realize how important those races are. Uh, don't, don't jinx it, man, because I said this during 2015, 2016 as well. And then Trump got elected, but look what happened during 2018, Jason. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, I just feel like I jinxed it with my overconfidence that people were, you know, woke enough. But anyway, that story is a bummer. Let's talk about gay Lego, shall we? Yay. Ow. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. I just stepped on one. Yeah, I know. Right. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Uh, Lego is about to get a whole lot gayer with the timeless construction toy launching its first dedicated LGBTQ plus pride kit. The upcoming Everyone is Awesome set, which launches on June 1st to mark the beginning of Pride Month, is based on the colors of the Progress Pride flag. It incorporates black and brown minifigs to reflect the diversity of the queer community and light blue, white and pink figures to represent trans people alongside the six colors of the original pride flag. Mmm, minifigs. Yum. <laughs> I think does, you're talking about those mini figurines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does kind of sound like a food, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Strawberry <laughs> minifigs. <laughs> Strawberry gay minifig. There you go. <laughs> so this set was designed by Lego's vice president of design, Matthew Ashton, who is openly gay. Shocker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> So, you know, head of design, you better yeah. be gay. That's the thing. Yeah. I kind of feel that way too. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't want to derail you here. No, that's all right. So the set opts for a minimalist approach with each of the flags, 11 colors and a featureless minifig to match the lack of expression or defined gender on the figures is deliberate. And that's to allow people to project their own identity onto any of the characters, irrespective of hairstyle or any other gender or sexuality signifier. The only exception is the purple one, which is sporting a big beehive hairdo, which Ashton specifically marks out as a drag queen. Kudos in advance to any queen that rocks a pure purple head-to-toe look on a future season of Drag Race. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. It will be coming. Yeah. So, sadly... 
Uh, what isn't awesome is that this set is rated 18 and up. Uh, usually Lego kits are rated based on complexity, but at only 346 pieces to build a simple right angle diorama, the everyone is awesome set is considerably simpler than, for instance, uh, the Lego city town center, which has 790 pieces and is rated six and up or the Hogwarts chamber of secrets kit, which is uh, 1,176 pieces and rated nine and up. Well, I think if you combine the Lego city town center in the Hogwarts chamber of secrets kit, maybe you would have gay town square. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Who knows? Well, so these these other sets have significantly more pieces, but they're rated at six and up and nine and up. But the exception to Lego's age rating system seems to be the sets that are regarded as collector's items. Ah. Yeah, despite containing nothing that could be considered objectionable. Uh, but a Lego for uh, a Lego spokesperson told Gaming Magazine, this set is intended to be a display model rather than a play set and was designed with our adult fans in mind. That's why we've suggested the age grade and used the packaging designed for our adult product. Got to drink while you're putting it together. <laughs> yeah. Get, I think get the it, blue goes with the blue. Get a, get a glass of wine and right. set up, set up your gay Legos. Your, your, your diorama. Yeah. <laughs> So because this is considered uh, a collector's set, uh, the associated age rating creates a troubling implication, and that is that the people are going to think that it's unsuitable for younger people because it celebrates pride. Despite it not being a play set in the traditional sense, uh, younger LGBTQ plus people may feel ignored by the branding decision, especially since Ashton himself says, if I had been given the set by somebody when I came out, it would have been such a relief to know that somebody had my back and to know that I had somebody there to say, I love you. I believe in you. I'll always be there for you. Still, uh, we're sure the set will provide a popular addition to LGBTQ plus Lego fans collections when it goes on sale next month. Just make sure you're over 18 if you, if you plan to celebrate your pride in minifig form. Well, you know why I think it's over, uh, it's 18 plus is because the drag queen may have sharp nails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It may scratch you. Well, if it's like the drag queens that we know and yeah. love, uh, uh -huh. the drag queen may be, you know, pounding some Jaeger or Fireball, you know, <laughs> uh, while, while also emceeing uh, a show, you know. And be most likely to uh, have an all purple look. Yeah. Yeah. But not, but not painted on. Just, absolutely just purple. <laughs> from the booze yeah anyway. but yeah so i i can understand i guess so what the the lego sets that they consider to be col uh, collectors uh sets are usually 18 and up uh -huh. it's just a shame that uh that this was deemed a collector set and got the 18 and up age rating because some people may be like look see being gay is for adults, you know. Now, if you haven't already seen the set, um, my personal thoughts on it, I think it's a little ugly. I don't mind it. It's just it's just a little bit too, you know, all one color, you know, in stripes, basically. it's. I don't think it's very inventive. I think they could have done a better job at it there, you know. I mean, why yeah, do I get that? that's, you know, it's just... To me, I'd seen better looking Lego sets, you know? I don't know. So I, I think I, I, I get their idea. They're trying to cash in on Pride Month. Don't get me wrong. 
Yeah. You know, I, it's a I think, thing. I think that it's just a cute thing for you to put up on your shelf. It's small. Uh, and it's just, it's just a nice thing to have up on your shelf. I might, I might actually buy it. Just another goddamn thing that dust as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And another goddamning thing going on <laughs> here in the world. Um, an anti-trans Christian college. Well, that's a shocker, huh? Yeah. This is the first round of legal battle against the Biden administration of all places. So, College of the Ozarks, which is a small Christian arts college in Missouri, is fighting a lawsuit to exclude trans people from housing after a Department of Housing and Urban Development memo required colleges not to discriminate on the basis of gender identity. The school says that treating trans women as women or trans men as men in where they are housed violates their Christian beliefs as well as their constitutional religious freedom protections. The February executive order issued by the Biden administration ensures LGBT plus people are protected from discrimination in federally funded housing. And because colleges get government money through student loans, they are subject to federal housing laws. Huh. College of the Ozarks has asked for a temporary injunction and restraining order whilst federal case was waiting to be heard. The request was denied by a federal court. The Biden administration policy forces College of the Ozarks to decide between defending its religious liberty from government overreach or violating our core beliefs, College President Jerry C. Davis said in a press release. While we are disappointed in today's ruling, we expect to appeal so that the schools are not forced to open women's dorms to males and violate their religious beliefs, said Davis. For more than 100 years, College of the Ozarks has provided distinctly Christian education to students with financial need. We will not abandon our mission. The fight to protect our religious freedom has just begun. Lawyers from the Alliance Defending Freedom, a right-wing law firm that opposes LGBT plus rights and abortion, argue that being required not to discriminate against trans students violates the college's religious beliefs on biological sex. Ryan Bangert, Vice President for Legal Strategy at ADF, told Forbes in April that ADF was founded in 1993 for the purpose of keeping the doors open for the gospel. The school believes that the Bible teaches that people are created as males and females, Bangert added. We're designed by God in a way, and the school honors that by housing men and women separately. The Southern Poverty Law Center designates the ADF as a hate group based on the position of LGBT rights and women's rights. According to the SPLC, the ADF wants to recriminalize consensual sex between LGBT plus adults in the U.S., defends forcing trans people to be sterilized in other countries, as stated LGBT plus people are more likely to be pedophiles, and claims that a homosexual agenda will destroy Christianity and society. So my question is, how many transgender people actually want to go to this college that they're having this problem? You know, that was my first thought too, Jason. I'm in yeah. complete agreement with you on that one. I'm like, you know, if I was trans, you know, I would probably pick a different college. I think yeah. there's a lot more accepting colleges out there that would embrace you. Well, I'm not even trans and I would never go to this college. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that there are a ton of transgender persons beating down the door trying to go to the uh, the College of the Ozarks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome to the College of the Ozarks. I'm Joe Exotic, your instructor. <laughs> Isn't the Ozarks yeah. that big uh, ocean town? That little ocean town? Isn't the Ozarks a swamp? 
I don't know. Oh, I was thinking the Outer Banks. Never mind. Not <laughs> Large difference between the Outer Banks and the Ozarks. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So basically, I'm sick and tired of these uh, crazy folks here trying to exclude people from uh, attending college, you know? Yeah. But, it's annoying. Anyways, uh, we're, I think we're ready for a break here, aren't we? Huh? Yeah. Let's take a break. Uh, coming up next, we discuss some grinder horror stories. Little Nos X rips his pants and makes us cry. First of its kind children's book and an all-inclusive moment of conclusion as Not Straight Cast continues after this. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Vox Onyx will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonyx.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonyx.com to get started now. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. And, uh, yeah, one thing I want to mention here is that our next story coming up, you can actually find on our website, which we recently updated here, that now includes some blogs. Yeah, absolutely. NotStraightCast.com. We've got uh, all of our podcast episodes uh, that are currently available, as well as some original content. Absolutely, yeah. And that includes this next story that Jason's going to do right now. Yeah, so I want to introduce an occasional new segment uh, called Grinder Horror Stories. Uh, there are tons of horror stories from Grinder all over the internet, and today I'll be reading some entries from a post on uh, the Gay Men of Reddit subreddit. So, our first story is from user Captain Prettycock, <laughs> and it goes like this. I was back from college for the summer and my parents were gone for the weekend. I met someone on Grinder and invited him over. He walks into my house and sees my dog and asks if the dog had been trained to mount people. Uh... <laughs> I told him to fuck off Good. and get the hell out of my house. And he called me a cock tease. My Grinder picture was a picture of my dog and I on a hike in the mountains. And apparently this guy interpreted that to mean that my dog and I were in a sexual relationship. Okay. What is wrong with people? I know. Right. Oh, so if I have that, a pet doesn't mean I have sex with it. Yeah. So Ugh. if that, if that wasn't bad enough, story number two is from user troop lead Zircona. This happened a few months ago, but still gives me shivers. At first, the date was moving along rather well. A dinner, a movie, and finally we ended up at his place. 
We talked about our careers. I remember that he said he was doing work for a concrete company. I mentioned that I was going to school for mortuary sciences. He proceeds to ask me if I was ever scared to go on dates. I of course said no, but then he started asking pretty dark questions. Like, what would happen if I died on this date? And what would you do with my body? Would you hold me until the ambulance arrived? Can I use cement to bury a body? I, <laughs> he goes on to say, I pulled my pants up when he asked, wouldn't it be strange if you disappeared tonight? Ah, ah. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it sounds like a match made in heaven, though. You have to give it that. You know. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if the guy going to school for mortuary sciences was creeped out by this, it must be bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All but right. hey, you know, you, you have an easy way to bury bodies now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't I don't want to go on with this segment forever. Uh, so I'm just going to read three of these stories. But on our website, Not Straight Cast, you can find uh, a few extra ones. Uh, so story number three from user Thrustrations. He says... I'm driving back to school in upstate New York, which is a legitimately terrifying and depressing place, especially at night in the winter. I'm horny enough to open Grinder and see if there's anyone I want to meet up with. This guy messages me asking for a blowjob, which I say yes to. When I get to his house, it's 9 p.m. and he's sitting on his porch smoking a cigarette looking like he's about to run me off his lawn with a shotgun. He doesn't look as good as his pictures, but I'm not picky. He bounds down the steps and motions for me to follow him around to the side of the house. He opens a door leading to the basement and starts to walk down the steps into the darkness. So I asked him, why are we going down to the basement, not inside the house? That's when he tells me that his wife is inside with their kids and we have to do it in the basement. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? That's, wow. that's, not, that's not the worst part. Oh. Uh, he goes on to say, I tell him no and turn around to walk back to my car when he grabs my arm and starts to pull me through the basement door. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. He says, I panic and start kicking and flailing, trying to get away. He's about to yank me down the steps when I kick my foot back into his shin, catching him off guard. He lets go long enough for me to break free and start running. I ran so fast back to my car, I probably qualified for Olympic track and field. Oh, man. I sped away and made a vow to never meet up with anyone from Grinder in upstate New York. There's something in the water up there, man. I'm telling you. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, if you think that those three stories are good, uh, the fourth and fifth story that you can find on our website are even worse. Uh, you got to go read them. So go check those out. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just a little fun segment. I'll throw a couple of these in here and there, but uh, I, I think that that was fun. And if you liked it, let us know. Leave a comment uh, on Facebook. Uh, comment on Twitter, uh, send us an email from our website, but now it's time to get back to the news. Absolutely. So in the next story here, little Nas X, um, as you know, he was on SNL this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was wonderful. Yeah. He suffered a while, a, uh, wardrobe malfunction on yeah. live TV. 
splitting his leather pants while pole dancing to Montero, the Call Me By Your Name, on Saturday Night Live. So he appeared on the final episode, as we mentioned, um, of their 46th season. That's hard to believe, huh? Yes, I know, right? So he also performed a track called Sun Goes Down, which I must say, oh my God, as a gay man, this track is such a much must listen. It actually, like, oh yeah, it made me cry when I listened to it. Oh, wow. You know, the weird part is later on, I listened to it again. It made me cry again. I'm like, oh my God, it's very catchy. Jason, you, you have to listen to the song. Okay. So please listen to it. Okay. Anyways, uh, the Montero performance, you know, the steamy reference to the iconic music video. A little Nas X took to the flaming stage in a leather outfit accompanied by six topless male dancers. One of the dancers even licked his neck mid-performance before he made his way to the pole. I saw that. But as he began his pole routine, <laughs> his shocked face they basically described exactly what happened there. So, uh, yeah, he managed to split his trousers during a perfectly executed body roll. He had that you know, surprise look on his face. Yeah, in I did. the pole and then just grabs his crotch, but he was grabbing his crotch the whole entire performance anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't miss a beat there. He managed to finish the incredible performance, but then he took to Twitter straight afterwards, writing, not my pants ripped on, on TV. He added, oh, my fucking God, no. I just want to do my pull routine so bad. This is what I get laughing my ass off. <laughs> well, fans thought the moment was hilarious. They assured him that he definitely still pulled it off. Most insisted that pants splitting aside, Lil Nas X was being un- shamedly queer on live mainstream TV and it was changing lives. One fan wrote, I was dying at exhilaration, giggles and excitement. That performance was so gay and so over the top. It was a game changer for this generation. Trust me when I say a lot of us have waited for that type of space to be taken up on mainstream television. Then somebody else said, first, good cover. <laughs> Second, <laughs> I am so proud of you coming out is never easy and quite a risk. You are beautiful, and I'm glad you landed in a good place. Also, somebody else added, uh, what you did for all the black and brown queer boys tonight was epic. Game changer. Beautiful, says this old white lesbian. I love you for being you, and holding your crotch worked anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you saw the performance then, huh? I did, yeah. Well, I first saw it when people were retweeting uh, his tweet where he's like, oops and like included a video like look what i did well just his face said it all yeah yeah but i mean he caught it you know he managed to cover it up i mean if he would not have made that face i don't think you would ever known that actually would have happened i agree i i was watching the tweets uh the video and the tweet over and over again because i wanted to see if i could see any wiener and i couldn't like um Lenny Kravitz, whenever he split his leather pants. I don't remember that. No, there was another famous uh, pants splitting episode there where Lenny Kravitz split his pants and his pierced penis popped out. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's crazy. That was a, that was a good episode of SNL too. I watched the episode, but during, uh, during like the musical performances and whatnot, I would uh, like go grab something to eat. It's just something I do every SNL. I take those opportunities to like go out to the balcony and have a cigarette or grab something to eat. Well, you remember Ashley Simpson? They played the wrong song. Oh, did that? She was lip syncing. 
Oh, wow. I don't remember that. And uh, so, yeah, she started doing like this hoedown kind of thing. It kind of ruined her career. Wow. Well, anyways, yeah, I was watching that night and I was like, what the hell just happened? Because they literally then just cut to a commercial break. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah. I mean, the performances, I tell you what, you know, especially, you know, this season, even like the past few se- seasons have been pretty epic. Yeah. You know, they've started staging those performances, you know, very interesting. Oh yeah, it's not just people standing there with a guitar anymore and a microphone. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's becoming it's, like a work of performance art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, but he also sang uh, "Sun Goes Down." Nice. Um, that's the second song there, and that was a lot more calmer, you know, song there. But it just yeah. very, very emotional song. I think you'll find something from that there. Yeah, I'll have a listen to it. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're doing some feel-good news here. Uh, That was a good story. Yeah. Uh, Let's do another one, shall we? Yes. All right. So two gay dads have banded together to create a first-of-its-kind children's picture book that represents their own experience of raising children. Gareth Peter wrote My Daddies about his experience of adopting two children with his partner. It was illustrated by Gary Parsons, the artist behind children's classics, The Dinosaur That Pooped, who is also a gay dad. Dinosaur That Pooped. Yeah, I want to Google that book. (laughs) But uh, Peter told BBC News that he wrote the book after he and his partner noticed that there was a clear lack of children's books with same-sex parents. The father of two said, when our first boy came to live with us, I felt there was a complete lack of picture books with LGBTQ plus families in them, ones that included families like ours. I think it's essential children are able to see themselves represented in books. He continued, schools are changing their policies around teaching relationships and sex education, and I think it's important there are colorful, fun, vibrant books that talk about a whole spectrum of families. The daddy's author, Gareth Peter, wants LGBT plus families to be represented. The 40-year-old said he knew he always knew he wanted to be a dad, but growing up gay in the 1990s made him think it, would, it wouldn't be possible. It was a proud moment for Peter and his partner when they adopted two sons, giving them the opportunity to hear the magical word, daddy for the first time peter said he wanted to capture that experience in his first children's book when a child of a blended or lgbtq plus family sees our book i hope that they will see themselves he told the bbc but when a child from another dynamic sees it i hope that they will accept that families come in all shapes and sizes The book My Daddies is the first picture book about two gay fathers that has both an LGBT plus writer and illustrator published by Puffin. It's a picture book that features a wonderfully likable, fun, and loving family that every reader will relate to and answers an urgent need for more representations of gay characters in children's literature, said Puffin's editor, director Joe Marriott. So I was interested by the one statement in that story. So the, it's the first picture book about two gay fathers as both an LGBT writer and illustrator. Yes. So there's probably been other books there then, right? Yeah. You know, I was I thought that, too, because they made sure to specify that. Yeah. That maybe there were other LGBTQ 
uh, family books, but written or illustrated by uh, straight people. But hey, this is an all gay production. So that's what we want here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially getting the dinosaur that pooped artist Gary Parsons. Oh, my goodness. I'm actually Googling that right now in my in my browser. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. So, I mean, that's a good thing there. You know, there always needs to be more books in the space there. Because, I mean, things have changed a lot. But, I mean, there's still a lot of folks there who were just completely ignorant, you know. But it's also, too, I think that whenever you, um, you know, have books like this there, you know. Yeah. It feels just a little bit more normal, you know. Oh, oh wow. Anyways, yeah. Did you find the uh, dinosaur that pooped? There's a, it's a whole series. Oh, so wow. here's the dinosaur that pooped a planet. Wow. The dinosaur that pooped. Uh, let me, let me see here. Oh, the dinosaur that pooped the bed. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, the, the dinosaur that pooped Christmas. Aww. The dinosaur that pooped the past. Uh, the dinosaur that pooped a pirate. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of these. The dinosaur that pooped a lot. Yeah, yeah, th th that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> we ran out of things to poop, didn't we? Huh. The dinosaur that pooped a princess. Uh, the dinosaur that pooped daddy. What? <laughs> I Google it. It's there. Dinosaur Oops. that pooped a rainbow. Uh, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. <laughs> the dinosaur who pooped the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel um, like this sometimes is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Oh, man. I feel like I want to read these. I want to know what, what the content of, oh, my God. Lots of poop. Yeah. Well, anything, something that's not poop is our, guess what time it is. Uh, It's getting ready to about be time to eat. And poop. And poop. The not straight cast moment of conclusion. Oh, that. Yeah. So in today's moment of conclusion, as you know, uh, yesterday was uh, pansexual and panoramic awareness day. Yay. Yeah, we we're recording it this week of that date. So it's the day that celebrates the pan community and educates others on what it means. So nice. And it doesn't have anything to do with saucepans. Ooh. Yeah. So pansexuals are the wonderful guys, gals, and non-binary pals who love who they love regardless of gender. So pansexuality, it's part of the bisexual plus umbrella, meaning that's one of the many identities in which someone is attracted to more than one gender. But how exactly do you define pansexuality? And how is it different from bisexuality or polysexuality? Teach us, Joe. I think you should teach us, but I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> so what does pansexual mean? Every pansexual's understanding of their sexuality is personal to them, but in general, it means that they aren't limited by sex or gender when it comes to those they're attracted to. The word comes from the Greek word pan, which means all, but that doesn't mean pansexuals are attracted to anybody and everybody, just as heterosexual women aren't attracted to all men, especially Jason Bailey. <laughs> Shoved that into the script, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> I put it. I put it in. I was hoping that I put it in right before you, you opened stuck it. Stuck that so in there. 
Oh man, I'm gonna have to read ahead now. <laughs> it simply means that people are they are into might identify anywhere on the LGBT spectrum. This includes people who are gender fluid and those who don't identify with any gender at all, which means they're agender. In fact, some pansexuals describe themselves as gender blind, meaning that gender doesn't play any part in their sexuality. They're attracted purely to a person's energy rather than any other attributes. So a lot of people ask, what's the difference between pansexual and bisexual? Good question, because pansexuality is used as a synonym for bisexuality, but they are subtly different. Bisexual means being attracted to multiple genders, where pansexual means being attracted to all genders. Both orientations are valid in their own right, and it's up to the individual to decide which one fits them best. Some people assume that bisexual people are erasing non-binary people or enforcing a rigid gender binary because they believe the word bisexual implies that there were only two genders. We're happy to inform you this isn't the case. The vast majority of bisexual people love and support the non-binary community, and many non-binary people are bisexuals themselves. The reality is, is that bi people simply have the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one sex and or gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree as advocate Robin Oaks describes. So what's the difference between pansexual and polysexual? So the word polysexual comes from the Greek prefix poly, meaning many, and the term has been around since the 1920s or 30s, if not earlier. There's some overlap between pansexual and polysexual, as both appear under the bisexual plus umbrella. The key difference is that someone identifying as polysexual is not necessarily attracted to all genders, but many genders. So a good analogy to describe this would be how you feel about your favorite colors. A pansexual person might like every color of the rainbow, where a polysexual person might say they'd like all colors except blue and green. But more often than not, those who identify as polysexual tend to ignore gender binaries altogether, especially when it comes to who they are and aren't attracted to. It's worth noting that polysexuality also has nothing to do with polyamory, which is a style of consensual relationship, not asexuality. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a few uh, pan celebrities out there nowadays. Lizzo, Miley Cyrus, Angel Hayes, Jazz Jennings, Brendan Urie, um, Courtney Act, Bella Thorne, uh, Joe Lysett, Tess Holliday, and uh, many, many others. And Jason Bailey, too. He's a celebrity. I am a celebrity yes. in, my, in my house. You are, yeah. <laughs> my, my cats can't get enough of me. Right. You know, there's definitely a, a fine line, you know, between these different sexualities. And it's helpful to understand these. And I figured this would be a great way to help educate folks there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. Yeah, I kind of find myself, you know, kind of sliding between, you know, different uh, sexualities and everything there. I can't say that I would be 100% gay or, you know, 0% straight or, you know, stuff like that there. So I I, th- I think everybody's, you know, Kinsey scale is, you know. Yeah. It's difficult. Not quite on the edges, you know. Yeah. It's difficult. In my opinion, I don't understand how somebody could say, I only like cis men and nobody else and i'll never have a connection with anybody else 
and I'll never be attracted to anybody else. Uh, it's, it's just difficult for me to understand that. Uh, for me, it's just, I like people. I find all different kinds of people to be attractive. I, I find all different kinds of personalities to be attractive. I don't really care what their, uh, what their gender identity is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. You know, and I guess you're, you have trouble with women, huh? <laughs> no, I was just making a dig at myself. <laughs> uh, this poor heterosexual woman. You yeah. don't know what they're missing. Oh, right. And so with that said there, I think we're going to go ahead here and we're going to wrap up this show here. All right. So thank you for listening. Subscribe to us where all great podcasts are sold. Check out our Facebook, Twitter, and our Discord server. Join us on Patreon and get early access to all of our shows, bonus shows, and more. Get some merch in the notstraight.store and save 15% with code Jason until the end of this month, which is the 31st. Yep. Also, too, you can visit our website at notstraightcast.com, which contains all our available episodes, as well as links to everything that was just mentioned, and also especially that blog that Jason mentioned in the beginning of the second segment. So yeah. Yeah. We want to thank you for listening and supporting not straight cast. And since we're off next week, we'll come to you not straight again on June 10th. Until then have a not straight one. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>